Welcome to the Ty and Rye, the Finance Guys podcast, covering weekly investment news, important financial topics, and expert interviews. We want to help you become more knowledgeable about the financial world around you. This is not an offer to sell you anything, and remember, past performance doesn't indicate future results. Now your hosts, Ty Hansen and Ryan Robertson. Hello, Ty. How are you? I'm great, Ryan. How are you? Oh, yeah. I'm... I think I'm fine. I hope everybody out there is fine too. You're just you're just fine today. Not mm-hmm. great. I yep. My therapist also told me that nobody's ever fine. Nobody's ever fine. Nope. <laughs> when you say fine, you mean something else. I'm fine. At least I think I'm fine. Yeah. Go talk to your therapist about that time. Okay, I will. I will. Um, hey, at least we're doing a recording. We're having fun doing this, right? This I know. Is this, is the, this is what makes us happy. This is always kind the of, best part. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, yeah, okay. So we have some technical difficulties. We're going we're gonna to work through them. Right. So today we're going to have a really good discussion. We are putting together an idea about cash and cash flow. Cash it's- is king, baby. We keep having these conversations, and particularly with all of our clients, um, sometimes there's a disconnect between investment returns, strategies, and the idea of implementing, well, how are you going to pay for bills in retirement? So we're going to discuss some of this idea. Yeah, for sure. And, and you know what I would say to the one of the biggest. So so actually the transition into retirement is really. Uh, I don't want to say it's scary, even for people that have a lot of money. It's 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 unnerving for most people because it's such a big transition from. I mean, you've been working for what, 40, 50 years and you get a beginning a paycheck every, you know. Yeah. You, you know, you, you and I are independent. Right, we we've gone through ups and downs as you know small business owners at different points in our careers, and there's times where you know like, heck, I went in 2008, 2009, I went like three or four months once without getting a single paycheck. So 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 we've kind of experienced that a little bit, but I think for most people they get a paycheck every two weeks, and all of a sudden it's like, it's not gonna happen anymore, and that's really unnerving. So, the idea of where to get cash and how does cash flow is so, like pivotal and paramount for people and it's scary that's what i'm saying cash is king right it's understanding the cash it's huge yeah so and and uh, and i brought this up when we started talking about it the idea that i think that people get fixated so much on the rate of return that they're earning on their investments that they really forget how important it is to that that's not the most important thing you really should be looking at it's part of the equation it's just there are other things that you really need to be thinking about Dude, I am so glad that you brought that up. Oh, I'm so, glad you're glad, Ty. Oh, I, dude, I'm ecstatic. In fact, if you were at <laughs> all like just fine before, you should be a lot happier now because of the joy you just brought me. Sure. So much joy. Okay, so here's the thing. That Simplify what you just Say it one more time what you just said. Yeah, the thing is people want to focus on, and, and I get it why they do, but they want the best possible rate of return that they can get. And that's what they get fixated on. And we've, we've addressed this in other episodes and in other ways, FOMO investing and things like that. 
It's what drives people's decision. What really should be driving their decision is, is how is all of this translating into cash flow for later on? Absolutely, man. In fact, that's why that's why I'm so like, you literally just hit the nail on the head. Now, I want to preface this with the idea that return is great. We, we always are striving for the highest return we can get. Always, right, right. always, always. Everybody is, right? Everybody wants crypto. Everybody wants, you know, Tesla, whatever. But <laughs> crypto, the, Tesla, <laughs> the Uber speculative stuff. I, I again, I had a conversation with a guy this week who's like, "Yeah, like my stock portfolio is killing it." And I'm like, "That's awesome," but do you realize how much risk you took to get that return? Do you really? And and he's older. I'm like, "Do you really want to take all that risk with all your like?" You have one or two bad months and you're down 30 or 40%. Like you can't. So, okay. You hit the nail on the head with that. Important return is important, but what's more important is is in fact back in the day a uh, previous business partner Mike Minnick, he had this really cool tool. And and in in a lot of ways we use it with how we plan. But it was called the the ROP rate of progress. And what the ROP would it was basically a, a uh, backward financial engineering to say, here's what you want. Here's what you have to work with. What is the actual rate of return you really need to be successful, right? And 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 so it was like, I've had people where I've built that, and even it, it's again, there's some similarities in what, how we build our planning. Now, I had people where I would reverse engineer that, and it was like, you have to make one and a half percent a year, and you're gonna be just fine. I had people that were zero percent return, but. Like the point is, is like, why do we want to take aggressive measures when you don't have to? And, and dude, you literally hit the nail on the head. There's this idea that even if you don't have to, I think we still have that the human element of FOMO. I don't want to miss. I don't want to miss out. Hundred percent. There is that because you know there is this level of FOMO, greed, whatever you want to call it. We all got it, right? None of us are are ever outside of that idea that we can get a better return. We want to do so just because it's better than not. So Ab- absolutely. We, we, dude, we really need to, we really need to coin a phrase or come up with a, a two or three word idea about this, because again, it's not the rate of return. That's the most important. It's, it's, it's your personal required number. That's important, right? Your, your your plan number, whatever the hell we want to call it, like that is what is important. That is what is most important by a, by a, by a long shot. So, well, and so this kind of um, moves us into this idea of why it's so important in the plan. Because here's the thing that we we just can't plan for, which is we don't know what things are going to be like in 10, 15, 20 years. We just don't. We, we want to know, and we plan for maybe what we think we, is going to happen. So once you get to that stage of life and you want to start drawing income, you need to have planned in a way in which you know what your bedrock foundational income will be, and you are planning to, to use that. And then everything above that is fine to do these other things with. You've got to have something that is predictable and that you can plan for. So we kind of get into, you know, some of these different ideas that can help people get to a point where think in terms of cash flow when it comes to retirement to get there. 
Absolutely. No, dude, you're, you're spot on. In fact, if, uh, if you haven't figured it out already, listening to our podcast, there is a common theme. I feel like we always come back around to this idea of planning, right? I know. And, and, but, but that's seriously like, like you want to know the dirty little secret in the financial industry? The dirty little secret is just build a plan, have a plan and, and live within the, the, the parameters of that plan. Right. Like it's not rocket science. That's literally it. And, and you're absolutely right. If you've got the plan built, then you can say, okay, Ryan, Ty, if, if my personal retirement number is 0%, like literally I don't need to make another penny. Right. And I think, I think most people would know if they're in that case, if it's like, yeah, I've got 5 million bucks saved up and I really only need to live off two or 3,000 a month. Yeah. You know, you're fine. Right. Then if, and even heck, even if your rate of return has to be 5%, right. And, and most of your money's returning that like, yeah, then go carve off 10 or 20% and take that huge risk because, okay, if you lose that 10 or 20% completely, right. You invest in some random coin and else and it's gone. Um, then, then what that would probably do, depending on your asset size is maybe, maybe it takes your rate of return from a 5% up to like maybe 6%, five and a half percent. Right. Like the idea is, is understanding those calculated decisions so that if, if craziness does happen, you're fine. Anyways. So yeah, have the plan, know your number and then anything above beyond that go buck wild. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, uh, in our last company newsletter, we send out. Uh, the thing that I put in there and wrote about it was this, the, the power of a personal savings. Rather than focusing on trying to get the best return you can, focus on how much you're actually stashing away because there is nothing that's going to grow your accounts better than a consistent savings plan towards an investment account. And it took, uh, I think the number I put in there was they, they saved half as much as somebody else who saves, you know, the other person. And the person that saved more, they were going to be ahead of the curve with a much, much lower rate of return for about 20 years. It was going to take that person 20 years of consistently getting the highest level returns by saving less to get there. So it's just the logic of it. You just yes. got to be patient and save say, for them. Yeah, say that again. I mean, right? Probably made like, no sense. Yeah, what I just said made no, no sense. No, 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 sure. it, no, 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 no. It made a lot of sense. It lo- it's, it's a lot of sense. But no, just say that again because I think that was a really powerful concept. So it's this idea. Right? Somebody, you take two people. I like it. Person A, person B. Person A is saving more and getting a lower rate of return. So I'm saving a thousand bucks a month and say I'm getting five percent return. Five percent returns. The other person is saving half that. They're they're saving half of that. In 20 years, what kind of return would that person need to make? If you're only getting if you're only getting five percent as person A, person B is going to need to get somewhere in the range of 10 to 12 percent, right? Consistently every year, consistently. If they're saving zero, that return shoots up to like 20, 25 percent a year, which is just unrealistic. It's not going to happen. It, it, absolutely, and, and that's the thing too. I think it, it, it's like it's this old adage that that I tell a lot of people. It's like yeah. And, what, 2006, 2007, everybody was a really good real estate investor. <laughs> yeah. Right? Uh-huh. Everybody was. And that's the thing is, we've kind of been in this world of, aside from COVID, right, a, a global pandemic, we have been on one of the longest 
bear market, which meaning bear or, or sorry, uh, bull market, bull market, uh, bull market, meaning up, upward trending, right? We've been on this upward trending market longer. I mean, it's been crazy basically since 08, right? So the idea of a, of a, of a big loss year or the idea of a zero or negative 10% year, like most people aren't thinking in that mindset. And so to, yeah, to your point, it's like, the, the person that's just steady eddy saving, if you're in a portfolio that you're only generating 5% returns, most likely if the market drops out from under us by 25%, you're going to lose three or 4%. Like you're not going to lose a ton of money in a low. Anyway, so I love this point. Savings is huge. And why? Because it's more cash. Cash is king. It's this whole point we're talking about. And it's just going to get you to a position to where you can really think in terms of how do we prepare for this retirement. So let's, Let's talk a little bit about, you know, the different types. Like what, what do we want to have in place to create this cash flow? Give us three things. All right. I mean, maybe even there's We're, really three options. What are the three options um, that are realistic for everybody? I, 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 th- I think we should, I think there's a few more we can dive into, but the basics that people are used to are you have a pension, right? Man. That's a little more old that's a little more old yeah. school. Yeah, very old school. Right? Like, especially, too, if you work, uh, like, if you're military, mm-hmm. right? Or yeah. if you've worked as a public servant, firefighter, police officer, school Teachers. teacher. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you've got, you've got pensions that'll pay you. You work so many years. Now, pensions are becoming less and less, um, they're becoming a lot less common in the marketplace uh just because again there's a lot of risk on the retire the whoever's giving you that pension there's a lot more risk there so they don't want to carry that risk so pensions we're all used to that uh another great source of income which which i mean there's you know a massive multi multi hundreds of billions of dollar industry around real estate and i'm not talking about real estate like your local agent that's gonna help you buy a house I mean, that's part of the real estate you know, more industry, but I'm talking like real estate investing seminars, coaching, um, you know, how do you flip houses? I mean, we do a lot with self-directed 401ks, solo 401ks, self-directed IRAs. Like that's its own industry. Like it's a hundreds of million, hundreds of billions of dollar industry for to kind of help people understand how do I create a real estate portfolio that's going to cash flow, right? Because- what is what is owning real estate? It's literally just it's a cash flowing machine, right? Now it's not that simple because you've got to deal with three T's. Here we go: toilets, tenants, trash. Oof! You always have to deal with that. Who wants to deal with the toilets? Toilets, tenants, and trash. Well, if you do it right, who cares? Like, pay your property manager and have reserves, and don't ever think about that property ever again. Yeah, but you're right. you're but okay. you're but you're really talking about real estate in terms of of the uh, the cash flowing, either it's commercial yep. or residential cash flowing, so rental yep. properties yep. and things like cash that. Cash flow. Yep, and that's again that's where whenever we think about cash flow ideas, I mean, there's people out there. So 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 Ryan and I really love real estate. I love real estate. Like I love. Um, I mean, we'll build what's called a pro forma, which is basically just like a, a pro forma is like. Let's look at the cash flow and the expenses and let's project that bad boy out. And then let's play with some variables. Like what if you're vacant for six months? Things like that. Um, 
so we really, really like it. But the, the, the problem is you'll get, just like anything else, you'll get these groups or coaches that are like, you should put all your money and have 15 cash flowing properties and this and that. And then it's like, I see this all the time where people go out and they'll buy a property or two. And it's like the biggest nightmare for them in the world. The biggest nightmare, right? So, so it's, it, it is good cash flow, but you got to remember there's going to be a lot of work associated with it. Right. Yeah, so a lot of work and, and, and also kind of a lot of variables that if you're not aware of or prepared for, it can be a big headache. So just make sure, you know, you build it. That's great. Just make sure you know what you're getting into for it. Yeah, exactly. And, and we've talked about a few different clients and, I, and I, I've got a client that I, uh, that, that's done really well on a couple of properties they've flipped. But to be frank, he, he's working the same amount of hours, if not more than he was when he was working his regular day job flipping these properties now he loves it and he's enjoying every second of it so that's that's what i'm saying it's like hey that's that's cool but but the point is is like the idea that we're talking about is just simple cash flow right and and can you be constantly working properties when you're 75 years old 80 years old maybe maybe you can maybe you can't i don't know that's just something to think about there's just there are more strings attached to that real estate uh another one we're going to get into the main one here in just a second. But the, another thing that people basically do is you start drawing from your invested assets. And, and, and there's different income strategies within that world, within the stock and bond world. There's uh, high interest yield bonds. There are um, dividend corporate dividend. Yeah. Dividend portfolios that have high dividends and you live off the dividends. But again, that world still has risk of loss and most often people that have dividend strategies uh i mean if you've got high dividends a lot of times that means you've got risk so you're still keeping your monies at risk to get, generate that dividend and if you're not always if the dividend isn't paying high enough then what happens is if so if i've got a hundred thousand and it pays a 10 percent dividend which that's, you know, again, that's pretty high, but it was whatever. We'll just do simple math, right? Don't do math on the radio or on a podcast. <laughs> radio. Um, if, if I get 10%, that means, okay, that's 10 grand, right? Uh, about, yeah. So anyways, a little more than eight, you know, 800 bucks a month, 850-ish, 825-ish. Um, but if, if all of a sudden the dividend isn't enough and it doesn't cover the amount of money I need, well, then I have to deplete that 100,000 down to say, 95,000 or 97,000, right? And then the next year's 10% dividend doesn't quite pay enough. So I deplete some. So that's really what a lot of people are used to is they deplete their assets, right? You've saved it. Now you start drawing it out. And you're still interest on it. You're still growing it that way. But that's, so again, that, that, those are the kind of the main things we're used to. Pension, real estate, depleting our assets. And well, Let's just add one more because you talk about pension. Just throw Social Security in there, obviously. That's kind of known. And, and everybody can go to the uh, uh, SSA.gov and actually get a sense of what your benefits will be at different ages. So you can throw that into, his, at, uh, into the equation as well. And, and you'll, you'll kind of see this as we go forward, too, with this. And we talked about this last uh, bit of it, is, is that there is a good approach where you take all of these things and say, well, maybe I want to do all of them or have a piece in all of them. 
so that's counteracting and balancing them out. Now, and that's 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 sorry to interrupt you, but that's that's really what, in my opinion, you just defined true diversification. That's that's really what you just talked about right there. Yeah, so. and and this thing, all of them to a degree take a good amount of planning and preparation well before you need cash flow. So you've got to start thinking about it years in advance. Don't start thinking about it when you're 65. Right. Because you're going exactly. to be behind a little bit. So start doing this a little bit earlier. But then this last not one. To be, yeah. Not to be a jerk, but get your damn head out of the sand and think <laughs> about this. Yeah. And you can quote me on that. Yeah, because when you're starting to lose weight, Ty, a lot of times you don't want to see what you weigh. True. But you gotta right. you Jump gotta weigh yourself Jump so you know where you're at. That exactly right. So this last one, and, and this is one where it's like Nobody likes talking about it because it's a lot of times they get abused, they get misused, uh, they're complicated, and maybe they get sold to you and pushed on you way too hard. But if they're used right, they're really great. Oh, so powerful. Which is an annuity. Most anybody, if you're in your 40s and 50s, have likely had somebody approach you about an annuity, I would imagine. Because they can be really great tools, but they can be misused too. But anyway, so an annuity... For us, often, most of the time, 99% of the time, we're using annuities as a way to create income streams similar to what you'd, you'd think of with pensions or Social Security. It's not the same exact same thing, but the idea that you can create a predictable, stable income once you get to those retirement years. Right. So get, give a brief dis- description here. Yeah, a quick note on that too. So an annuity is a, a it's it's a pure investment strategy. Like you're not really buying anything else. You're buying investment into an investment, but it's with an insurance company. Right? It's a, it's a contract with an insurance company. Yes, exactly. So where you may have you know a hundred thousand dollars invested in stocks and bonds, held at Fidelity. You're not invested in Fidelity. You're invested in Apple. You're invested in you know ABC Corporation Bond, mm-hmm. right? You're invested in those companies. Uh, I mean, technically, you're still being invested in things like that with the annuity, but it's it's a contract between you and uh, Bright House Financial, MetLife, Prudential, Met, Allianz. Yeah, Prudential, uh, Allianz, uh, Sila. I mean, there's a whole bunch of them, right? Farmers. And so, pardon? Farmers. Yeah, exactly. So there's so there's all these different annuity companies. So so it's a contract with them. Typically, what how it works. So there's two pieces to an annuity. Hmm. Think of them there's like the two of, paths that you this this contract can go down. Yep, exactly. And and sometimes they're together. There's two the two paths go side by side. Sometimes they go in totally different directions. Right. A path diverged in the woods. Two paths diverged in the woods. Robert Frost. I, Chose the one less traveled. Yes. Nice, nice job. Is that Frost or is it Walden? Someone help us. I'm going to say it's Robert Frost. I, but... sh- uh, I thought it was. I don't know. Anyways, okay. We're not going to worry about that right <laughs> now because we're getting off the rails. <laughs> Someone correct so, us. There's asset value, meaning I put in 100000 What does that 100000 grow to? And then there's cash value. Again, they can be part of the same contract, but they're two very different pieces. Some people say, I want the annuity. 
I want a guaranteed three, four, five percent growth on that asset. I want that hundred thousand to grow, you know, four percent a year, five percent a year, whatever, forever, no matter what. Okay. Which we do from time to time. We we do build those, but more often than not, we there's the income piece, meaning I put in a hundred thousand, yes, that asset grows, but there's also this income piece, meaning at some point it, it it's 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 called annuitization, right? Meaning when do you turn on the faucet for that cash flow to start paying out? Because that's the again, these are the contractual terms with the insurance company, which and a quick side note too, whenever you invest in an annuity, you really want to understand there's ratings for these companies. Right. Right. The insurance. Financial ratings. Ratings for the insurance yep. company themselves. Yep. How, how healthy are their books? How good are their practices? Because I've seen, some, I've seen some guaranteed fixed annuities out there that'll pay 6%, 7%. But the company ratings are abysmal, meaning they could go under and you're not getting your 6% anymore, right? So, so in my opinion, corporate ratings are huge and very important. And we, we obviously, for any clients of ours that use annuities, we, we, we deal a lot with that. The, like, like, you know, standards, Moody's, or Moody's, Standard & Poor's, these different rating agencies, will look at them and give them a, you know, a triple A AAA rating or double A or triple B, right? There's different mm-hmm. ratings for how healthy they are. And they so. keep them up to date to just kind of give a sense of, of, you know, really where these companies are. Yep, exactly. Exactly. So like uh, a nudie company we really like is Allianz. Allianz is a German-based company. They're really, really highly rated. Um, there's very good cash flows, very healthy on their books. They deal well with their clients. Very happy people. So, okay, so again, you you give the money to the insurance company under a contract that basically says, okay, we're going to give you either so much return on the asset or on the cash flow, right, oh, on that income stream. So think of it, think of it in this way to, to sort of simplify this idea is that you're, you're taking money and you're putting this money on two, these two different paths, right? This money is going down these paths. And they, they, they function somewhat independently of each other based upon different parameters, um, and they're kind of related, kind of not related, but they're going down two different ways. And at some point in the future, if you have an annuity, you, the person has the annuity, you're going to choose which of those paths you want. And one of those paths is going to be the lump sum value that it has grown to based upon the investments and the contract, right? And there's different ways to do it, so we're not probably going to get into it too much today, but you're going to choose that lump sum. Down the road, five, six, seven, ten years down the road, you're going to say, give me my lump sum amount, and I'm going to move on. The other path is this income path you're talking about, where, at, again, some point down the road, this dollar amount you've invested has grown to a certain amount, and that dollar amount is not a lump sum value. It is a value used to determine what your income will be if you choose that path which will then be paid to you every year for the rest of your life. Exactly. Right. So, so like we're talking about coming back full circle, it, it isn't a pension. It isn't social security, but there are some similarities, right? It turns on that ongoing cash flow forever. Right. And, and, and often, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. I say, and often what we're doing is 
we're really writing these and putting them in portfolios for the cash flow. Now, you have the option. That's the beauty of an annuity if you do it right, is, is that you at least have option A and option B because in 10 years, things might be different. And it might make sense for you to choose the cash value, lump sum, and just walk away from the annuity and go do something else. That may make sense, but you have that option. We tend to do them and look at them from a cash flow standpoint because, again, why, t- why Ty? Because cash is king. Yeah, that that's right. Mm-hmm. Yep, cash is king. Well, and that's the thing is like, so, you know, you and I have built tons of uh, financial plans, and sometimes those financial plans don't necessarily need that extra cash flow. They don't need it, right? So it's like, why are you, and in that case, it's like, no, we don't, we don't want to, we don't write it, we don't want to, unless you want the guarantee, because sometimes people are just like, hey, look, I don't want to lose, which, which happens from time to time. They're just like, I don't, I don't want to lose. I just want to make sure. Okay, cool. Then we don't worry about the income. We worry about the guaranteed growth. But there are other instances where it's like, okay, if we leave those monies invested, you are actually at higher risk because those don't guarantee a cash flow, right? And so... So the idea of the guaranteed cash flow for the rest of your life actually ends up being a little more powerful of a tool than just the pure asset, right? One thought here too. So I want people, this is, this is, I want to stress this. And there's variations on this. So, so this isn't a one size fits all for every annuity. But you own that asset, right? That contract. You own that asset. You own that contract. So if you decided to walk, now there can be surrendered periods. So, so, so think about that. And, 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 if, and if you decide to, all of a sudden it's like, okay, well, you, you walk away with the asset, right? You still technically own the asset once you've turned the cash flow on, right? Still yours. If you die early, there's still some values there for your, for your estate. But what I want people to understand is, is you still are depleting the asset. Right, so it is similar to your stock account, you know, your the dividend example we talked about a second ago. You're still depleting it. The only difference is, again, we, 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 if if you can maintain the same level of of uh, you can pull out the same amount of money from your your dividend portfolio every year, but if it's five years, ten years, twenty years down the road, if that runs out, you can't pull anything else out. The annuity, on the other hand. And you can also structure it not only for your life, but for you and a spouse. Now, if it's you and the spouse, they're going to pay you less money over the years because that's obviously riskier to them because it's two people's lives and not just one. So, but again, I want people, I really want to stress that, that, that you actually could, in fact, it's funny because it actually makes the, if you were to look at like the day you put the money in versus to the day you die, you actually have a higher rate of return if you turn that cash flow on earlier and it pays out, pays out, pays out, and all of a sudden it depletes your assets you put in there and then it keeps paying you even further. If you let that thing keep paying longer, it's actually part of a strategy that we'll build. And I like to use this idea of, well, we actually start to get into the pocket of the annuity company where we're taking money out of their pocket, right? We're We're not just getting paid out of our own growth in our own, you know, like we started with 100,000, it grew to 200. We're not just pulling out those dollars. It's now all has to keep paying me from their pockets. 
And they have the actuaries that build those too. So they have a pretty good sense of where they feel like their numbers ride. But some people, right, if they do it the right way, are certainly going to benefit better from them. Yeah. And that's the thing is the longer, you, so like, let's say you live an extra five or 10 years beyond, you know, when you've depleted that asset. Well, you've got all that extra cash flow. If you were to go back, take all the cash flows, everything, and divide it by your original investment, you've, your rate of return goes up, 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 up. Because again, you're getting, you're getting dollars, you're getting somebody else's dollars. Yeah. It's actually, uh, right, it's the actually the rate of return on some of those are pretty amazing, actually. When you, when you do it that way, crazy. Yeah. Yep, really crazy. So, this is kind of the thing with it. So, you know, we're getting, kind of getting into some of the complications with it. So it's really important that if you're talking to somebody about an annuity, make sure that you're seeing the numbers with it and that they're explaining this to you so that you understand it. Because the number one thing that I've always found is, is that annuities are complicated. And most people don't really understand what they truly have because it was never truly explained to them. So just make sure that you get a good understanding of what it means and understand those two paths. For one, you know what each of those means. And then another one is understand surrender charges and fees that go into them because annuities are not cheap from a standpoint of you have to pay for them. They're not expensive. I'm just saying, but they're not free. You, there's expenses that go into it and surrender charges. Right. And that, that's the other thing, too, that I think that's where we get some of the negatives in the industry are there are per, there's people out there and we talk about the same thing with life insurance right that if if all things being equal if you've got a million dollars you know if all i can really sell is an insurance product i'm going to try and get you to give as many of those dollar the million dollars to me for the insurance for the annuity right i might say hey we can do all these great cool fancy things right and it maybe sounds a little better than it really can, is going to be so they may convince you to do seven or eight hundred grand of that million dollars in the annuity. Whereas, look, what what Ryan and I are going to focus on, and any of our advisors is, is that annuity a good fit? A and B. If so, what's the right amount? You know what I mean? And and I would say that it's never more than, you know, of a million dollars, never more than two to four hundred thousand, right? In fact, I've had clients who are like, oh my gosh, I love my annuity. I want to write even more. And I'm talking, and I'm like, no, 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 Way too much tied up in that. And, and they're not super liquid out the gate, meaning if you wanted to pull every dollar out of the stock account, you go sell all your stocks, you have your money in a day or two. The annuity is not that way. Like we talked about, you're, you're, you're locked in, right? And so, so there's, there's, there's some different factors there. But again, there is a cost. You want to understand, and it's always coming back to this idea of why is somebody trying to use this tool? What does this mean for the bigger picture, right? And, but yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, it's like, look, we love it because if, if, if I can help somebody build, you know, five grand a month or 10 grand a month extra in cash flow, that takes so much pressure off of the rest of the invested dollars. Mm-hmm. It takes a ton of pressure off. Yep. So... And I don't know, and I'm just kind of off the top of my head, I can do a more objective research into this. But I would say out of the last 10 plans I've put together, that you move the annuity out of the plan and just put it back into the investment group, their probability of success goes down. Take the annuity out of the investment and put it into the annuity, 
So now it creates the cash flow when they turn 62 or 65. Their probability of success always goes up. It's just one of those things because it's predictable and it has a level of security to it that you just don't see elsewhere. So it almost invariably, every time that you are looking at it, it's going to make your plan more successful. It's just not us selling it. It's just a reality. Exactly. And and that's what it comes down to is it's like, well, again, some people may look at it and say, well, you know, your annuities have only averaged, if it's a fixed annuity, three to 5%. If it's, we're not talking variable annuities. We don't write anything variable that could lose below zero. Everything we do is, because if we're going to take risk, we, we want to manage that in the portfolios we manage. The annuities, we, we, we structure them in what are called um, fixed or indexed annuities or you know, annuities that will never, never drop below zero. But As far as rate of return you goes, can, you're saying? Yeah, exactly. So you'll never lose. Now, if you plug in, it, there's, there's still a way to capture some more of the market upswings. Again, we don't want to get into all the details right in a second, but we'll talk about it on, a, on another episode. But I mean, some of those some of those equity indexed annuities have averaged you know eight nine percent over the last you know fifteen years. They're they're decent. But again, some people may say, "Well, crap! I'd rather go put it in the market and make twenty percent or buy cryptos." Okay, awesome, go do that. But the point with this is, is that are you wanting the crypto because of FOMO, or like again, it's like it, having those guarantees, having that guaranteed cash flow is really powerful and and yeah you're giving up some of the upswing but at the end of the day it's like why are you so worried about the upswing if you have to have the upswing to be successful something's off yeah you gotta make some changes for sure gotta make some changes and 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 if you're just if you're just from a philosophical standpoint you've you're you you're mad that you're giving up that higher return like again, you got to ask yourself: Like, do you even know what your personal rate of return has to be? Like, you have no clue. So, it's powerful. It's a powerful uh, option to plug into a plan. So, yeah, and I think just uh, essentially for just about every person, should at least be looking at and doing some and running the numbers on how does an annuity really work within this situation, the context, taking into account any real estate, pension. Uh, any retirement accounts, uh, Social Security, uh, you know, you, your spouse, put the annuity in, see what it looks like, take the annuity out, see what it looks like. And everybody really needs to have something in place that they can actually look at that. Because otherwise, again, you're trying to lose weight, but you don't really know how much you weigh. Right. You're trying to lose weight and you're thinking, hey, if I take this pill, I'll lose all this weight. It's a fad diet or whatever. You're, you're up a creek where it's like, no. The annuity is the is the equivalent of uh, making sure that you go out every day and exercise for an hour and a half, right? Nobody wants to do it. It's boring as all get out. It doesn't sound fun or sexy, but you know what? At the end of the day, you're going to feel a hell of a lot better if you've done it. Yep. Just as Yoda, just as Yoda would say, patience you must have. Patience you must have. Exactly, dude. I like the I like the little Star Wars reference right there. Good. Very good. Everybody knows that one. Oh. Yeah. So, so, you know, kind of recapping on this. Yeah, Look to build we'll cash do, flow. Build cash flow. Cash is king. And we'll, we'll come back around to this. We've got a, a good friend of ours I, that we want to really bring on. Um, we just haven't been able to connect for, for a month or so. But because I do want to dive into some of these concepts a little deeper, specifically in the annuity. 
because I think once you start to understand all of the moving pieces, it's it's really not complicated, but there are some moving pieces. Like there are things called caps and spreads. Like what do those mean? I won't worry about them right now, but it's like, it's just it, the basic concept is understanding. Look, you're you're giving up some of the upswing, but you're getting rid of all the downswing, right? And so if you build that tool, if you if you use that piece and you build it back into the right prop, properly built plan, you're Ryan. You hit the you hit it on right on the head where the the we, more often than not understanding it inside the plan is going to give you so much more peace of mind and you're going to see a higher probability of success. You really will. Yeah. See what it comes down to. Maybe maybe my nickname should start being the carpenter. I'm hitting lots of carpenter. I'm hitting lots of nails right on the head tie. Cuz you hit nails. You are the carpenter. Well, I mean, you are literally the carpenter. We should I put like that on the website. Nickname. My business card be be like Ryan the carpenter. Ryan the carpenter. Mm. It's working Which out. you do build furniture. I I, we need a website for your furniture so people can go check that out. I do have it's, a website for it. Oh, you do? Yeah. Selfish plug. Put it in there. What is it? Uh, it is called Out of the Woods Woodworking. Very long title. Out of the Woods Woodworking. Woodworking. <laughs> dot com. Yeah, dot com. Kind of a long name. Got to type it out. It takes up your whole uh, I love address it. bar. So not only are you the carpenter in the real world, but you're also the financial carpenter. Yep, I'm the financial carpenter. I'm hitting nails straight on the head. You know, you know who else was a you know who else was a carpenter? Uh, Jesus. Jesus. Yeah, I know. Jesus was a carpenter. He was. So you're in you're in good company, my friend. Perfect. <laughs> Am I starting to get a little too sacrilegious? Nope, I don't think that is. I think it's uh, no, his, it's, cool. it's documented that he's a carpenter. That is true. He was a carpenter. So for everybody Isn't out there, old countries. Wasn't there an old country song? They call me the carpenter. No, I don't know. I think there was an old country song about I, it. I don't All right, know. I'm digressing. I'm talking about random country songs in Jesus. Jesus, take the wheel. Yeah. So everybody, right, let's move on. Cash is king. Everybody, look to build cash flow, and look to prepare to plan for that. Prepare to plan. Yeah. You prepare. Then prepare you plan. Plan, plan to or... prepare. Prepare to plan. Planning with your preparedness. Yep. That's right. That's right. I don't know. I'm just rambling now. I don't think we have anything the, else to the, say on that. The sugar, the sugar from my Coca-Cola is really starting to kick in, and I feel great. Yeah, that's always nice. Yeah. I may need to go get one right now. Yeah. Okay. You got anything else? No. I, I think uh, there were we hit a lot of nails were hit on the head by you, <laughs> and we talked about a lot of great things, and we've given the good folks some good things to think about. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's good. And uh, I think we'll get into that annuity uh, discussion a little bit uh, in more depth. It's, yeah, you know, I like it. It's necessary. Um, for people that want to contact us, support at myprosperteam.com. That's our advisory firm. Uh, we probably should set up a email for the podcast, or you can check out our podcast website, highandrye.com. <laughs> I'm Ty. He's Rye. <laughs> Tynry.com or send us questions, concerns, hate mail to support at myprosperteam.com. Yeah. Because we love talking to you people. It's awesome. Yep. And any questions you've got, we want to do another mailbag. People like the mailbag. We should do another one. We should. Yeah, mailbags are fun. But I you like gotta them. send us questions. So send us questions and then uh, we'll we'll do there, another one. Some of those mailbags want to see Ryan woodworking with his shirt off though. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you can Not one. I don't know if you can do that. Not, not one, one. Not one. Person. I think there was one in there. 
I'm, I may have been the one that sent the letter in, but, uh, you know, that is something to think about. You got to give the people what they want, dude. That's enough time. Okay. Okay, we're going to end this now because now we're rambling. But Cash is king. I always remember that. Cash is king. <laughs> All right, brother. Appreciate you. Okay. All right, man. Thanks for your time. We'll see everybody next week. Hey, thanks for listening to the Ty and Rye, the Finance Guys podcast today. If you like what you heard, go ahead and hit subscribe. That way you won't miss any future episodes. Also, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Ty and Rye podcast. Also, check us out at myprosperteam.com. Thanks. We will see you next week.